The date is Friday, December 4th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, Michael takes us on a journey through time and rhythm to explore the genesis of Dance Dance Revolution. We'll delve into what started this genre and share some of our personal stories along the way. Enjoy! It's beginning to look a lot like entertain this, cause it's now December. Welcome to the show, it's the one you know, and I am one of your hosts. I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. Hey guys, Merry Christmas. Merry Not Christmas. Nick. <laughs> Guys, we ate a bunch of turkey. We got super full. We took a little nap. Mm-hmm. Grandpa said some racist stuff. <laughs> Welcome back from that holiday that we took. Um, he said some I racist stuff to me on the phone. <laughs> I hope everybody stayed safe and they social distanced and they kept a plexiglass plate between them and their elderly uh, relatives. If you didn't, sure. I understand, but hey, guys, let's be careful out there, huh? Let's wear a mask. Let's wash our hands. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to another week of Entertain This, uh, a very special episode mm-hmm. because I switched to night shifts, and I did not sleep, and I haven't <laughs> slept for around 36 hours now, which means you're going to get a, a different side of Alex that maybe you're not used to. Um, but lucky for all of us, I will not be rambling this entire episode because this episode belongs to my dear friend, Michael. And I will give it to him in a nice wrapped holiday box. Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas, Michael. Arigato and konnichiwa, everyone. You're saying a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't understand it. Well, I'm saying that because that's what we like to call in the business Japanese. Uh, and we're oh, going to be talking today. In what, in what business are you? Like the <laughs> business of life? Yeah. Of well, living? I, I, I say that because today we're going to be talking about a product granted to us by the wonderful land of the rising sun. Uh one known as what many would call Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, oh. Dance Levitution. So, that was not a funny joke. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. No, please keep nope. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're. I'm going to be talking about Dance Dance Revolution today, and I hope you two would join me in that conversation. Especially you, Alex. <laughs> I would love to join you. And you know what? This goes right on theme with our um, the month of December and our holiday uh, our holiday uh, spirit that we're currently carrying with us. Yeah. Because uh, Dance Dance Revolution, though it is a great game, was also uh, the nineteen ninety no sorry the two thousand and four uh, best selling most wanted Christmas present. Really? Huh. No, I didn't nice actually have time to look up that statistic, <laughs> so I made it up on the spot. Well, here. Uh, if, I find, if, I, if I find the right information, I will provide it. Yeah, while well, you try and figure that out, let's take a few steps back in time here to uh, the wonderful time of 1996. A few years off. Um, wow. So, we're back in 1996. Uh Myself and the other people here were all just little little tater toddlers, uh, just enjoying life, uh, experiencing many things newly for the first time. And at this time, a uh, a game came out uh, that for the PlayStation One of all things, known as Parappa the Rappa. 
I don't. Oh, I love Parappa the Parappa Rapper. the Rapper. It, <laughs> is, it was 1998. I was right. Yes, uh, the first time. But oh, Parappa wow. the Rapper in 1996 came out on the PlayStation One, and yeah, Parappa. I, I, have you guys? So you guys have played Parappa the Rapper. You, at least you have, Alex. Step nope. on the gas. <laughs> Step on the gas. Step on the brakes. <laughs> punch, punch. I don't kick, know what's kick. going on. <laughs> Parappa the Rappa is a uh, rhythm-based uh, button-pushing game mm-hmm. where it's one of those games where the the symbol comes across the screen. And you have to hit it when it gets to the circle. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I get yeah, it almost. In, yeah, and doing that, you correctly stay on beat and allow Parappa the Rappa to continue uh-huh. on rapping. Yeah. This was and- back in like the the mid '90s when like gangster rap wasn't exactly hard hitting shit. It was like the the Busta Rhyme <laughs> still. Yeah. Where shit was still like fun and not like it was songs like, yeah, very, song, songs like jump around and uh, <laughs> where it it was it was club music yeah and Parappa yeah. the Rapper wanted to capitalize on that in a cute and fun way though it was one of those games that was like oh this is kind of for adults yeah <laughs> let me look up an image of him because I have an image in my head but I'm not he sure. he's like a little puppy guy. weird he's like some weird 2D animation in a 3D world style which is cool well so every character in that game it is almost like a paper cutout style. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's, a little, he's okay. He's like a little puppy dog wearing wearing a little hat and like baggy jeans and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it looks like Toffee if she went in the <laughs> open hood for yeah. a while. Basically, yeah. and, and he's a, he's a he's a problematic boy because he uh, <laughs> he does the rap right. That's problematic. No, no, he just like does a bunch <laughs> of stupid shit because yeah. he's a kid. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, that's excusable. So we're going. We're going back to Parappa the Rapper back in 1996, and funny enough, like Parappa the Rapper was actually the first true rhythm game. Um, was it really? It was, and you wouldn't really think that. Well, I don't even like think of Parappa the Rapper as coming out in 1996. To me, that's like an early 2000s little shindig, uh, at least in my yeah. mind. Um, it could, uh, it could be that I just found out. Could be that I was I all of like three they... years old. In 1996. Yeah, that, that's that's true. I wasn't born yet. Uh, <laughs> if you want to age me, <laughs> little baby. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, I just found out that they ported Parappa the Rapper to the PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. and you bet your ass, as we're speaking, I'm buying. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's so good. He's got the screen up. I can see. It. I'm gonna stream it. I'm dead ass gonna <laughs> so stream <good>. this. So <laughs> good. But um, but yeah, so we're going back then, and really Parappa the Rapper, like we were talking about. Uh, kicked off this whole genre of uh, button-pressing, rhythm-based games. And then uh, from there on out, Konami uh, then uh, saw this, saw this idea, saw how popular it was, especially over in Japan, and was like, hey, we need to do something like that. We need to get it into arcades. Because if you guys don't know, arcades in Japan are nuts. Uh, They have all sorts of crazy games like... uh, I was watching a video on some earlier, and uh, there was one that where you had to spank a made-up butt, and the harder you spanked it, the more points you got. Uh, well, I mean, that was a game in the United States, too, but we played it in computer labs, and it was mm. called uh, Whack the Monkey. Oh. <laughs> hey, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, that. But, so, Japan has seen a lot of crazy, crazy arcade games, and... Konami made a lot of those games. Uh, Famous for the Konami code. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and up, up, whatever, down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Come on. There it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. 
But uh, so we go back then, and Konami created a bunch of these different, like, uh, different, not necessarily peripheral, but uh, very different control-based uh, arcade games. And they started originally with one that uh, very similar to, if you guys remember, DJ Hero. Uh, their first ever rhythm yeah. game was actually a DJ based game where you had like three or four buttons and then you had to spin a turntable uh, along with it to score. Obviously, that did, that it's didn't just, do that well. Uh, it's very complicated and like the whole pat your pat your head and rub your belly thing yep. is hard. Nah, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, but so then, wait, this so, came out after Dance Dance Revolution. Is that no? Correct? This is all before. This is all before. before. This is we're talking about the history pre. Uh, we're talking about uh, BDDR before Dance Dance Revolution. BDDR. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the second generation Dance Revolution is actually a uh, church. If you guys didn't mm-hmm. know the Church of DDR. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <Just> so you know, <laughs> anyways, uh, the generation of this next rhythm game ended up being Dance Dance Revolution, uh, and it swiped Japan. It went over the country in a storm, took the people uh, out back and grabbed their attention. I don't know what. And spanked them. Yeah, and spanked them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's because I mean, back then we were all living in the fantasy of uh, my my high school rival is hanging out at the arcade and trying to talk mad shit. Thinks they're the best dance dance revolution player, so I'm about to fucking jump this bar and go the fuck off on them. And everybody's gonna crowd around. People are the crowd's gonna start clapping. Everybody's gonna get way into it. And what I'm referring to is confession of a teenage drama queen. Yo, I was doing um, research. I was so glad that you were able to pull that off the top of your head because I spent ten minutes looking for what that Disney Channel movie was. It was confession of a teenage drama starring queen, Lindsay Lohan. Interested. Lindsay Lohan faces off against a young Megan Fox in a DDR competition mm-hmm. to prove who's the top bitch. And you oh know my, my girl God. Lindsay came out on top, motherfucker. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know... Wow. Dan- Sorry that you're going to have to bleep all that, but... <laughs> oh, no, we've, we've been going explicit for quite a while now. Okay. Great, good news. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know what Dance Dance Revolution is, we've kind of been just jumping all over the place here. But Dance Dance Revolution Even I know is what it this- is. <laughs> I would hope so, but for anybody who perchance doesn't, Dance Dance Revolution is a game where you have uh, four directions, four arrows pointing in different ways, up, down, left, and right. And uh, the screen will kind of scroll up directions for you to hit on a dance pad that has four buttons, all that correspond with those different directions. And it is your job to try and hit them in sequence as they hit the right markers on the screen. so to mimic the feeling of you know being a good dancer um because most people who play it aren't no and which is the funniest thing like leading into those sorts of movies like confessions of a teenage drama queen because every single one of those movie scenes which there are a lot more than i thought there were uh oh yeah there's confessions of a teenage drama queen there there's scott pilgrim versus the world but theirs is a ninja variation uh, yeah. Then there is uh, Grandma's Boy. Uh, Grandma's Boy, yep. Oh, uh, the 2010 uh, Karate Kid also has a DDR scene. Hmm. And then most notably, or most recently, uh, a movie that came out earlier this year had a Dance Dance Revolution scene called The Kissing Booth 2, a Netflix special. Nope. <laughs> 
that's not a real movie that doesn't actually exist. And that if it does why exist, I seen it. it's not really a movie. It's just it's just sound. Yeah, I didn't Netflix stop making trash movies. I didn't actually really look <laughs> they into it, but I think pretty much they just took a bunch of TikTok celebrities and just were like, "Hey, here's a movie. Go do it." I don't Ooh, think I could cringe. do this podcast anymore if that's what the world of entertainment is now, because I don't think I could talk about yeah. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm very old. glad that it is a very small piece of entertainment. That it's it, That's about all the mention it's going to get here. So far. Great. Yeah. Let's do an entire episode on TikTok and then retire. Oh, my God. I'm, I, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I, I Alex, that, you'd guys, be the only I, one I really, talking. <laughs> I really need you guys to stop emailing me about it because we're not going to do it. <laughs> Requests from the fans. All five of them. Denied. We're not doing it. Sorry. Just a quick update for you guys. Sorry. Parappa the Rapper is uh, downloaded. There you go. Nice. <laughs> it's two megabytes, so it shouldn't take long. <laughs> uh, but we're getting a little off track here, so let's, let's circle back to being in the good old land of Nihon. Uh, Japan, of all things. Uh, so it swept Japan, uh, Japanese arcades, uh, like a giant craze, just went off. Uh, and as a lot of things do, things start off as a very big fad in Japan and eventually make their way overseas to America. Um, hmm. And American arcades started putting these machines uh, in the different arcades and just like in Japan, went crazy. The only problem was is they went so crazy so quickly that uh, Japanese that Konami couldn't actually make them and ship them fast enough to American arcades, uh, and <laughs> wow. there was a national shortage of Dance Dance Revolution arcade machines. Hmm, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> a very a awesome predicament to be in. So, one of the funny things that ended up happening because of this is uh, there ended up being a large swath of pirated machines making it to America, uh, and it's just incredible to me because like DDR is such a like in in all retrospect is a very fun but dumb game. <laughs> it is very no, dumb. Not. I think it is. I, I loved it, it to death, pretty, and I thought it was ridiculously dumb. It's pretty. It's pretty dumb. Uh, and this all happened like early two thousands, like two thousand two, two thousand four, or something along there. Uh, to be fair and to defend you, Michael, because you are my friend, and I want to defend you against yourself. Most video games are dumb. In 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 concept, How dare you? <laughs> I in concept think there's a very big distinction between a regular video game and one that requires you to buy an eighty to one hundred dollar controller specific to that game. <laughs> I That's hate called to a microtransaction. What are you doing? But every controller now is eighty to a hundred dollars. But you can use those controllers for every game. Okay, I'm glad that you said that because now I get to make this argument and bring up this point that there is a whole community out there of people who do nothing but complete video games using nothing but their DDR controller. And I if think that's my beautiful. Dog, I'm sorry. That is, <laughs> right. that is recording at home for you. It's these dogs. <laughs> but yes, um, it, is, it is nothing but people who try to beat, like, somebody beat Super Mario Odyssey, so that's how recent this is happening. Oh, yeah. They beat it with a DDR controller. People beat, how do you think, like, all of the Dark Souls games with a DDR controller. That's... 
That's sadistic. It's an incredible. Why the hell are we the ones who stream and you're never the one who streams if you're doing shit like doing that (laughs) and I want to watch that and you're not providing that to me? I mean, I can try and figure it out. I'm not going to be crazy like the guy who figured out how to play Overwatch with bananas. Well, <laughs> what? Oh yeah, bananas. So, yeah, yeah. So there, there's a guy who uh, he has this the setup fruit, where right? he can. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, basically, it can register a change in I think pressure, and so if he presses mm-hmm. a banana, it puts pressure on it, which triggers the control, and so he can move and perform the different like actions in Overwatch. And so he, oh, yeah. he had a big series where he was doing like different controllers specific to the different characters. So bananas was Winston, the giant gorilla. Uh, he also had one where he played with the nerf uh, bow and arrow. Uh, he played as Hanzo. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. He, he doesn't win a lot, does he? No. <laughs> he just plays. No, he also, he oh, the other one, too, that kind of goes in the back of this. He played as uh, Lucio, which Lucio is a DJ in overwatch mm-hmm. uh he played with the dj hero controller that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> i don't know he how he pulled it off anything. but <laughs> i think he actually did he he pulled off a few wins um wow <laughs> but yeah so like ddr ended up spawning this entire craze of like peripheral based games so like you mm-hmm. have uh ddr which had the dance pad which you could buy for like your playstation 2 or your xbox um one of my favorites was uh, Donkey Konga. Do you guys remember that one? Hmm. That's Vaguely. not the one that had the bongos, is it? That is the one. Oh, yeah. I That's it. what I was thinking, too, yeah. <laughs> A wonderful, wonderful game that came out on the GameCube. Uh, and I remember jamming out, and that being one of the first times I actually memorized the lyrics to uh, We Will Rock You, <laughs> because it was like the only song to. I could play <laughs> on there. A bit of an uh, a bit of an anecdote here. Um, I remember in high school, me and my friend wanted to form a band, but we didn't have instruments. So he had a he had a, a guitar. So I lied. We did have instruments. He had a guitar, but we wanted to take pictures for our cover art, and I stole I stole his bongo set from his <laughs> his uh, his uh, his uh, Donkey Kong game. Uh, and he, he cut the cord off the back of it, and I tied the cord up like it was a strap around my neck. <laughs> and and we took pictures oh and they're God. out there somewhere. What have you done? <laughs> please please find them for me. <laughs> I yeah. will do my best. <laughs> um but yeah, so Donkey Konga was like the one of the more way more obscure versions of these games. Though the more popular ones that we know of are things like Guitar Hero or Rock mm-hmm. Band, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or the uh, I love Guitar Hero so much. The original like uh, game before all of those that was made by the same company was um, oh uh, the Karaoke Hero or something. Uh, there was a karaoke game specific for the PlayStation Two that I had. Uh, when I was, I think, 10. I think it was called Sing. No, it was before Sing. It was before Sing. Um, oh. But I remember that was when I that was when I discovered, like, I can't actually stay on tune when I sang uh, unless I sang in my falsetto voice. So every, <laughs> every single song I would sing would just be way up, like, up in here, and it would be all like this, and I'd sing like Elmo. <laughs> 
When I was a kid one summer, I challenged myself to defeat one of those games while also eating hot dogs. So I sang every song with a hot dog in my mouth, and I did it. It's good practice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. It's good practice. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and then was it called came- Frequency? No. So Frequency actually, I think, came out before it. I think that was the first game that Harmonix released. Um, yeah. Was it Amplitude? No, it, I'm telling you, karaoke it, it, revolution. Karaoke <laughs> revolution. That's what it was. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of revolutions going on over there. Oh, a lot of them. Yeah. Can we are they French? swing back around <laughs> for a minute and talk about Guitar Hero? Yeah. Because there are very there are very few things in my life that I remember my first experience with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember my first experience with Guitar Hero. Like I remember the Christmas it came out. And watching my cousin play it on the uh, PS2 in the kitchen of my grandmother's house and just thinking, like, how the hell is he doing this? (laughs) Because the first time you try it, you're like, I am ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so, it messes with your brain so hard. Like, uh, I'm with you. Like, I I didn't own it the first time I saw it. I saw it at a buddy's house and he had the little uh, Mm -hmm. Gibson SG plastic. Uh, model yeah. guitar uh and that was the original i think yeah it was and i think he was playing uh smoke on the water that's <laughs> i think that's what everyone knows how to one. play that yeah so there is there is one song from guitar hero that everyone thinks of when you mention guitar hero what is your guys's i've got like through the fire and the flames oh no i okay. i played the game so much i don't i think of like just the first one you think of dude i think of like six immediately <laughs> Okay, well then name one of them. <laughs> well, through the fire and the flames. Okay, that, yep. that's a given. Uh, the other ones are um, Barracuda. Barracuda, yep. one by Metallica was a good yep. one. Uh, Enter Sandman. <laughs> uh, Yellow. Yellow was another uh, by one by Coldplay. Well, here, here. Oh my god! This kind of goes into what? Which one was like your guitar hero? The one that you spent the most time playing? Um, I don't know because I never owned any of them. They were always my cousins. Mine was. So they, um, they blur together. Down the basement, lock the cellar door, and baby. <laughs> I think that's Guitar Hero 2. It was probably two or three. Let's and no, I, I think only owned the two. first one. Oh, I really? the first wow. one. So it had to have been the first one. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, I also own the Aerosmith. Uh, it told, like, it was an Aerosmith documentary that yep. was also Guitar Hero. I had that it one, was, too. Mm, delicious. <laughs> really good. You played through like the that. origin story of Aerosmith. Yeah, it was really I didn't good. like that. Like when they started doing like the Aerosmith and the, the Van Halen one. R.I.P. Van Halen, by the way. Did you ever um, play them really or like did that. you just did you no. just not care for them? Okay, well no, I never cared for if them. If you played through the Aerosmith one, there was like interviews with the band members and you got to play as like animated version of the band members and they recreated their like first show and like yep. them growing in success. And you played through the story of uh Aerosmith and like how they came to be yeah. one of the biggest bands. I like I remember the first the first venue awesome. you play at is in like a high school gym for yeah, like you a play prom. like a high school. Yep, and it and it's <laughs> That's like always where it starts. It's like yeah. time relevant. So they're like back in like the the seventies and they're playing like as teenagers in a high school gym. And yeah. that's where like your your first stage is where you have to complete so many songs before you can move on. <laughs> yeah, but it those games are so good. Um, oh yeah, I remember like the day that I could like consistently pass like hard songs on uh, Legendary. Is that what it was or Expert? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's hard mode. I think like that's the no. It well, goes hard and then expert. Hard. 
Yeah. Because there was expert. Yeah. Expert. Yeah. yeah. Expert when and I, legendary. When I could finally use that last little pinky button and use it effectively. It hurts. Oh, it hurt like hell. <laughs> yeah. It I, hurt I so bad. hands as a kid. My hands are still pretty small, but it's it's a, you know, to get the, the oh, yeah. index it's, finger. It's the a big stretch there. Stretch. So, yeah. so that was still around the time that my dad was super into video games. Because as a kid, like, he was way into video games for a good majority of it. Like, I've shared that I, I would watch him play, like, Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. But he was super big into Guitar Hero as well. And him and I both had guitars and we would play together. Um, but he, he always played it, um, instead of holding down the button and strumming, he would press the button once every time. And I, I remember that distinctly. Like there are two different play styles when coming to, when playing Guitar Hero. Like either you hold down the green button and you strum every time, or you hit the button every single time. No, it's got its time in this place. You gotta, you gotta relax them little fingies and, uh, -hmm. you gotta hold it down. (laughs) Right, you just gotta hold that thing down, which is how I always played it. But yeah, I've seen a lot of people play it the other way too, where they're just like, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the people that even like, like, like when you get like the long sequence of like hammer on and off, so you get the other hand up there to hit that last button. It's crazy. It's insane. I remember being in, uh, being a like freshman or sophomore in high school and looking on YouTube videos of people like beating through the fire and the flames just being like oh my god it's incredible <laughs> and now there are people who like um uh, will like program in their own songs they'll do like the fairly odd parent intro yeah. and like some crazy stuff and people do that with dance dance revolution too yeah they do they, that's where yeah, really it all started because people did that by modding uh their game their their playstations to do that gosh i remember looking up videos of like the actual player yeah, like the guitar player from Dragon Dragon Force was Dragon it? Force. Yep. Yeah, I was like, how does he do all that? And he's just yeah. sitting like. <laughs> I remember. I have so many memories. Specifically, I have more memories around Guitar Hero than I think I do Dance Dance Revolution. But the common thread mm-hmm. between both of those games is learning how to eventually play on the hardest difficulty, and just ending every oh, yeah. session just being drenched in sweat. Like, <laughs> I sweat so much when I played Dance Dance Revolution and when I played Guitar Hero. Yeah. So there's now there's now a a future version of it that's kind of trumped over Dance Dance Revolution and Guitar yeah. Hero because I haven't heard anything new coming from them other than like the camera oriented Dance Dance Revolution where you have to match mm-hmm. like your exact body shape. Yeah. It's kind of like a hole in the wall version. But the uh, development of VR in gaming has kind of led to a lot more of these games existing oh, yeah. but more importantly the most famous one or people the one that most people know and talk about is uh, a beat saber oh yeah which is which is like the one where you get two lightsabers and you're cutting up squares uh hmm. to the beat of songs um but that'll get you sweat oh yeah if you that's like legitimately sweat. a good workout oh yeah <laughs> like, that's so crazy i i still remember when uh vr was like in its budding years and all we had was like the first generation like oculus rift uh and (laughs) the first time that we ever saw the a commercial for beat saber and it was just like dance dance revolution but with lightsabers and it was like and you're like this is the greatest thing ever i was like i heard i heard a chorus from heaven coming down upon my screen uh I know. I was just like, and, that, and to this day, I still don't have VR, but I've played Beat Saber, and it is incredible. 
I got VR for the PlayStation 4, and I played it on there. Oh, yeah, it's that's pretty, right. Pretty I, excellent. That's right. I played it. Uh, I play, I remember I played that at your old apartment with you. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, the after, night that I got my PS uh, VR. Yeah, that's right. I think we were all drinking pretty heavily, and I, yeah, and then we were like, "Hey, you want to go into the virtual <laughs> yeah. world, drunk?" And you were like, "Yes." And then we did Surgeon Simulator too. Oh, that's right. Look I remember these drunk goggles on me. <laughs> I remember right, listeners. The... We are actually friends in real life. Deal with oh, it, dude. It sucks. No, what? <laughs> this isn't an act. Hey, wait, what? No? Uh, anyways, um... we have fun at the Halloween party. <laughs> Um, what, what were, were, oh yeah, Guitar Hero, Dance Dance Revolution, Beat Saber, all that jazz. But it, Alex took us way into the future. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. VR just, is the future, honestly. It honestly is just so crazy to think about how far we've come, yet are still so close to how things were. Like, oh yeah, we're really not that different from the original, like even Parappa the Rappa. Like, yeah. It's all still just Don't like rhythm. things things coming at you, hitting it at a certain time, and just pressing buttons. And, you know, that's the only thing that really changes is graphics. And, I mean, other than that, most games stay the same. I mean, like I said, even like Dance Dance Revolution has kind of devolved into less of hitting buttons on the floor and more of just moving your body in the right way. Right. That's yeah. Let's Dance, but yeah, still. But still, like, it's it's really funny how, like, dancing games are generally one of the first things that people think of when you talk about like any sort of motion controls because like you even go mm-hmm. back to the wii the wii i think had let's dance and that was where the uh oh god the uh the song about the russian guy was from do you guys know what i'm talking about Rasputin? I oh yeah, no the Ras- the Ra Ra Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine. That song. I only know oh, that God. because you say it sometimes, oh, and it yeah. always <laughs> makes me laugh. Really, yeah, hard. it's like, what is this guy talking about? Because sometimes you'll just randomly hit me with a Ra Ra Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine. <laughs> and you do a great Russian accent. I appreciate it. No, I I had two younger sisters who essentially took over the Wii solely to play Let's Dance, and that was pretty much the only song that they ever played just because like why wouldn't you no other song even pales in comparison um <laughs> yeah i don't even know what's on there but i mean it doesn't getting matter. to the core of it like <laughs> why why do humans like these things is the next question you might ask is because a there's rhythm we all like rhythm we like a good rhythm we like being able to predict what the next note's going to be in a song and that'll give us you know but do you know why we like there. rhythm nick do you know the yeah. human biology behind it yeah, it's like or we're psychology. predicting. Yeah, we're predicting what's going to come next, and then when we get it right, we're like, ah, that's what it is. Well, it goes it goes even more like more core to being a human, actually. Yeah, it goes kind of into when you're within your mother's womb. The only thing that you hear is just the oh heartbeat, heartbeat, mm-hmm. and that kind of heartbeat is so comforting that uh, music kind of reaches that itch of hearing that beat mm-hmm. and be. being able to follow it and it's syncopation with the rest of the world you know yeah um, and to go like into like human history and all that like human history is founded on music like music is the first form of real storytelling that we or passed on storytelling that we had it was one of the first forms of like major communication when language failed us or when we even didn't have language people communicated through music and so like it's just like this natural gravitas that 
rhythm games have that appeal to our core being as humans. Um, yeah. And another thing is we like to watch people that are skilled do something that we can't do necessarily. Oh, especially if it makes them look ridiculous. <laughs> like One of my favorite things. <laughs> like I see things, him hitting all those notes. I don't know how, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things is watching like the videos of people in arcades playing Dance Dance Revolution. It's like the, they look the like really... Oh my god! It's like the the really hardcore guy who plays it like as a nine to five job <laughs> comes walking up in his jinko jeans and his chain wallet, takes off mm-hmm. his his mall uh, mall bought sunglasses, tosses them to a friend, turns the hat backwards, <laughs> and just goes. And then he gets t- his ass kicked by the nerdy kid who never talks <laughs> yeah. to anybody because that's how the movie always goes. Guys, can I ask a question that's off topic and not Dance Dance Revolution involved? Sure, go for it. Sure, why not? What the fuck is a jinko jeans? Everyone says. <laughs> What is that? So you weren't around for this. Uh, do it. You're only four years older than me. <laughs> yeah, four years is a long time in the world of fashion, Alex. That, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> so Jinko jeans was this big trend in the '90s where you would try and buy the. So Jinko jeans was a specific brand, but the trend that it swung okay. was that you would try and buy the baggiest possible jeans. <laughs> so Jinko true. jeans were especially egregious in being extremely baggy. Uh, like they were huge. Like uh, I'm trying to think like, if you think of like an early, early two thousands, like goth and how they just had like those giant, giant pants that had like Mm -hmm. belts or stuff or hanging off of them or something or chains hanging off of them or whatnot. Those were probably Jinko jeans. Very baggy. Yeah. Almost, almost to the point where it's like, how to even walk in those things. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like, basically, imagine uh, parachute pants, but like the widest part is the entire jean. Yeah, it's like it's like a bell bottom that just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> that was a weird time in fashion. It was a oh weird time in, in history. It was just really, a weird too. time, yeah. It's just a weird time. Okay, <laughs> we'll it, was the, it was the time of Dance Dance Revolution, Jinko Jeans... Guitar Hero. Michael Savoya and a, a severe lack in the world of Alex Steele. Yeah. <laughs> the world was missing a lot of Alex Steele. <laughs> that the late 90s would uh, would would correct. <laughs> we deliver. <laughs> Somebody did. Here I am. Um, <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> so my question to you, Michael, would be Dance Hits Revolution kind of it's a household name still, like, we all know what mm-hmm. it is, but in, like, the new generation of consoles, like, that, I mean, even that just came out, but even the ones before that, um, there wasn't a huge Dance Dance Revolution 1, and I don't think that it's been super popular, at least not, like, dance map popular since the days of the Wii and the PlayStation 2, you know? Yeah, So no, what you're... happened, or where is it? What What's going on with it? So Dance Dance Revolution is still around. Um, kind of going back to what we were talking about with the whole... Um, uh, uh, demand the incredible demand from the United States and how much pressure that put on Konami. Um, there, we we ended up moving towards the model of like, okay, we'll just sell individual like dance pads or Mad Cat's dance pads, like the knockoff brand, uh, and just try and get it into <laughs> oh, the Mad homes Cat. because it's How's it's Mad too Cat hard to find. It? Oh, they're out of business now. Yeah, yeah they filed Oof. for bankruptcy. I think like last year or something. So no oh, more uh, no more turbo mode on controllers out in the wild anymore. It's unfortunate. I'm watching you. 
Dude, I used to have... I mean, we're just going to go on a rant here of like ridiculous controllers because <laughs> um, it's in the vein of Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, everything we said is in the vein. It's just a very wide berth. Yeah, it, it really is. But I used to have a GameCube controller that had fans built into the handles to uh, to cool your hands down as you played uh, to keep the Why? sweat off. Like those little those little air vents that you have at like bowling alleys. Dude. What's the deal with those anyway? Yeah, and well, the funny thing about it I was is that <laughs> because the fans were always constantly running, it just made the controller hotter, and so it would make your hands sweat more. <laughs> That's great. They're like, yeah. we, we need fans to cool their hands down, but these fans are also going to produce heat. Ah, just stick them on there. Stick them on. <laughs> I can still remember the distinct childhood smell of a dance mat. Oh, yeah. Like that, that like, rubbery plastic that, like, most bouncy castles were made out of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just, like, the texture of it is, is such, a, like, an imprinted memory in my head. Yeah, it's uh, almost like, it's like a rubberized little, like, almost, like, styrofoamy situation. It's, like, the same stuff they use for, like, gym flooring. Yeah, and it made, like, mm. that, it made, like, that... 90s tracksuit walking sound it did you know? it was covered oh yeah because it was covered in that uh that really sleek plastic mm-hmm. or something and so whenever you'd play it at home it would just sound like you're going for a jog in, the, in yeah, those it would sound like it's crunchy yeah it, exactly. it was very crunchy <laughs> it seriously hmm. would just and like if you're like playing in an arcade then it's you know you're playing stomp the yard but when you're in your basement just stepping on this pad it would get like wrinkled and it'd like escape from under <laughs> you and just all all good Such times a pain. oh dude something i just remembered is the amount of pride that you would feel after being able to like nail like a hard difficulty song in dance dance revolution um like i remember uh I remember on like Thanksgiving back when I was younger, uh, after mm-hmm. I had gotten Dance Dance Revolution and had it for like a month or two, I remember pulling my grandma into our basement to, for her to come watch me play Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> She's like, grandma, Ba. I, I called my grandma Ba because I couldn't say grandma as a baby. Uh, mm. And so I was like, Ba, Ba, come downstairs. Come, come, watch me play. Watch me play. And she'd just sit there and just hear the tracksuit pad just going off and i'd turn at the end covered in sweat she just looked at me impressive good job thank you well done thank you thanks thanks pa i worked hard for this and i I think it's important to note that like you you didn't need the game pad to enjoy dance dance revolution it just made it better like they released it on the game boy like you could play dance Dance revolution on pretty much any console in the yeah, early no, you you didn't uh, need the dance pad to play the game two thousands. Oh no, no, like yeah, then you're just putting buttons. Yeah, I mean, yeah. then you're just pushing buttons and stuff, but you could do it, and I mean, it scratched that dance dance revolution itch. And I'm pretty sure that there were like communities that were built around kind of like the arcades that had dance dance revolution and um, oh for sure stuff like that. I mean, dance dance revolution was kind of a thing that swept the nation. No, for sure, it and, swept the nation to the point where like. Uh, we ha- like I was saying, we had pirated arcade games or like arcade consoles where they would have to like get them shipped in illegally from Japan. Uh, yeah, like I remember there was tariffs. there was an arcade 
nearby here um, in Northern Kentucky. I think, I think actually the GameWorks. It was either the GameWorks or the Jillians uh, that was by us. They oh, that had Jillians closed down a long time ago, and it makes me real sad. But I think that Jillians yeah, had, had multiple. That Jillians, I think, had <laughs> multiple pirated uh, Dance Dance Revolution arcade games. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, because I was the reason why I know that is because I went I went through a list of like all of the songs, and there's some that I still remember. And I was like, cool, like okay, where did that one come from? Like okay, that's part of like Dance Dance Revolution Third Mix. Like okay, and then I look up that, and it's like, oh, that was exclusive to Japan. It's like okay, hmm. Jillians, I see what you're doing. Going buying these arcade games under the table. Uh, okay, salute, salute to Jillian's though. Now it's just a government building. Yeah, Oof. it is. Yeah, it's uh, real sad yeah, every time I go the highway. Rest in power, Queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> For me, when you say all that like arcade stuff, I think of Dave and Buster's because that's just what's around me. But uh, oh, quick shout gotcha. out to Arcade Legacy. Am I right? Oh, Arcade um, Legacy, the place. Uh, yeah, so Arcade yeah. Legacy is a Cincinnati-based uh, hour. You pay by the hour to come in and play the arcade games. All the arcade games are technically free. Um, mm-hmm. It's like an amusement park in that way. If you're in the Cincinnati area, you should check it out. I know they had two locations. Yeah. One of them closed, but it should be reopening soon. I've never. But been they for sure great. have Dance Dance Revolution there. Oh yeah, they do. It still oh, yeah. is a major staple at like even modern day arcades. Like, um, yeah, the, we have I a mean, Dave and Buster's. You're gonna find something related for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like we have a Dave and Buster's uh, nearby us here in Northern Kentucky in Florence, uh, and they still have I think like four or five Dance Dance Revolution machines. Uh, <laughs> and even then, like that is only like four out of like fifteen different rhythm games that it has so it's like rhythm games still are a huge place in arcades we're gonna need to take a company excursion to a dance dance revolution machine because i okay so here's here's my truth <laughs> it's not gonna go well Here, here's my truth is i have never actually played a game of dance dance revolution really so there's a fun fact for you hmm. i have always seen the machines i know enough about it that i could convince you i've played but I have never myself played through a game of Dance Dance Revolution because I feel I would look ridiculous and stupid and uncoordinated. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. that's how, that's how everyone looks when they play that game. No matter how good yeah. you are at it, that you will always look that way. <laughs> so I want to I pop my DDR uh, cherry uh, with you boys in a Dave and Buster's near us. I will us. gladly help you pop your DDR cherry, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> I want to do I a head to head. So I want to do a head to head. I want to have my I want to have my Lindsay Lohan moment, and you could be my mm. Megan Fox. All right, that's fair. <laughs> just keep in mind, keep in mind, it's just your feet. All that movement you do with your arms, anytime you hop over that back bar, hey, that's just losing your points. That's an amateur rookie mistake. But I want to look good. That's right. I want to look good. Do I want to get won't. the crowd? I want to get the crowd going. Surprisingly enough, DDR yeah. is one of the very few games where if you look good, you do not play play good. <laughs> okay, yep. but I want. But what if I just want to like command that crowd though? <laughs> I mean, good it's luck. up to you, buddy. <laughs> is there gonna all be I'm a telling, crowd? If there's not a crowd, my interest is like halved. I mean, all I'm gonna tell you is if you're gonna play against me, I play to win. Well, I. I play for style, baby. <laughs> He's going to spank you. 
No, I, I I will probably play if we go to Dave and Buster's. Uh, I will probably play that game like once. And then go take my happy little ass over to the Kung Fu Panda game so I can win 200 tickets every time. <laughs> That's right. You got to get those goddamn uh, egg rolls. Oh, yeah. The little dumplings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the dumplings. Oh god, that's that kind one, of a DDR based game too. It is. It's it's one of those like you got three pads you got to hit on both sides, and then you got to keep up. And I get I pride myself on the fact that even to this day I can walk up to that machine at any time and get that two hundred ticket bonus every hmm. single time. Every single time. The first time that Jade and I went to uh, went there, I sat there. I played it once, got within like two of the the major bonus. And I think I played that game for a good hour and a half, just nonstop. Wow. Because <laughs> I, ba- I was bound and determined. I mean, we're t- my favorite games of all time are all like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. And so I've learned persistence is key. Uh, the only way you lose is by giving up. And so- <laughs> You're just a glutton for punishment. That's what I'm oh, starting yeah. to think. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, Michael, I've decided that you're our, our Reverend Dance Dance Revolution expert. All right, cool. So, I, I would my, hope so, my, this is my, my next week. question, yeah, my next question is, uh, what is Dance Dance Evolution? Dance Dance Evolution, I think, if I if I remember, that was a okay. So, sequels for Dance Dance Revolution are a bit of a convoluted subject because okay. there was Dance Dance Revolution, and there were about a hundred different versions of dance dance revolution because back in the day especially at arcades it wasn't a matter of like just being able to plug in a usb drive and get new songs on your machine no you had to completely replace the entire machine to act, to use new songs um hmm. and that's how konami made a shit ton of money was by like no we hey new version 30 like a month and a half later now you got dance dance revolution final mix Dance Dance Revolution kissed the sky and stupid shit like that. Hmm. Uh, and then Dance Dance Evolution, I think, was the first true like sequel to Dance Dance Evolution or Revolution or what? I'm confused now. But ultimately, really, it didn't change anything. <laughs> Nothing actually. It changed. was it was on the Connect, the Xbox Connect. Was it? Yeah, you guys remember that before Xbox? Just like it, it doesn't have a name; it's just a camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like, oh, it's a connect. I don't know. Oh wait, were they trying to to keep up with those games where it's just like, hey, we're gonna track your whole body and you gotta match the movie? They were trying to steal it away from Let's Dance, is what they were trying and to do. And the Wii, don't forget the Wii too. Yeah. Honestly, when it came to like the two thousands, the Wii was the console to have because it had Let's Dance, like the move controls, but it also had like Guitar Hero because you had mm-hmm. the like plug in Wii controller. Man, that. That game was, or that system was just OP back in the I mean, day. let's be real, though. Like, the only game you actually needed was the one that came with the console, Wii Sports. Correct. Yeah, that is the only one you actually... <laughs> <laughs> like, I, with friends, would sit there and play bowling on that game for hours, and it was so much fun. Oh, yeah. Bowling... <laughs> bowling and then the tennis, too. I always played the tennis. Oh, yeah. Tennis is good shit. Oh, I have yeah. my Wii hooked up uh, to my kind of gaming system here, uh, and it still works, but I don't have Wii Sports. I have the empty case where Wii Sports once stood. Mm, shame. I'm sure you can find a copy yeah, that's for, a real like, shame. for like five bucks. Yeah, I could probably find one pretty cheap. 
Um, so my next question to you, oh, all knower of Dance Dance Revolution, um, <laughs> what is the competition scene like? Because there's apparently like a, a very huge, like worldwide tournament that goes on. Ah, uh, that's a good question. Um, it's called the the Perfect Attack Tournament. The perfect that's common. <laughs> yeah. The perfect that's, attack. So, and the goal is to literally be the person who gets the most perfects. Oh, okay, gotcha. And you like go head to head against people, and it's tournament style. So, like bracket, bracketeering, um, and you you make your way through the bracket, and a winner is dubbed the Dance Dance Revolution Ner, I guess. Oh, okay, I was very confused because I looked up, uh, I looked that up, and it took me to a basketball tournament website. Like nice. boys division, girls division, college coaches. <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a DDR. I got into uh, I got into Stanford on a DDR scholarship. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that, that would be incredible. <laughs> well, because there's like that whole scene of uh, high school kids getting scholarships to play to play competitive games at colleges now. Okay, mm-hmm. so hear me out. While there is also there is the perfect attack, which is just about being the best at the game, there's also tournaments called freestyle tournaments. And they are about making fucking dance routines while playing the game. Like Oh, so that that's it, like that's the, 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 the fantasy. Yeah, in, in that's the Lindsay Lohan fantasy is having these freestyle and that's what they were trying to display was that they, these freestyle tournaments are literally all about you still have to pass the song. Like you cannot fail the song, but while you're doing it, you're also doing like beat street dance routines, which is so exciting. <laughs> that's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, a choreographer, they, by the they, way. They literally judge the choreography of it, like and whoever has the best routine wins. So it's kind of like a cheer competition, which is just super exciting. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> I'm all about it. That's oh, yeah, the dream. That's the that's the Lindsay Lohan dream, guys. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> uh, karate kid. So Grandma's Boy was really the only one that actually like stayed true to the game, um, which makes sense because they were yeah, video game does. developers. Yeah, that's fair. But like Karate Kid in 2010 was like uh, little little uh, Jaden Smith uh, in Japan was. Uh, dancing like hip hop dancing to uh, get low for uh, a <laughs> movie low, made for low. eight year olds, and then the the, Jap- the little Japanese girl then dancing to Poker Face is incredible. So a Dance Dance Revolution game released this year. Yeah. So there has been oh, there's, a, there's a still new coming out. Dance Dance Revolution A twenty pronounced Ace Two O. Okay, so I guess it's A20, not A20. So Dance Dance Revolution A220. <laughs> um, it's the 17th installment of Dance Dance Revolution. And yep. it is it is not a console game. It is a uh, an arcade series in Japan. So this is the new Japanese version of Dance Dance Revolution because, of course, there's still like a huge following in Japan for it. Oh, um, yeah. And it I is, mean, arc- arcades are a much bigger deal in Japan than they are in America. It is the sequel to yeah. Dance Dance Revolution A, which released last year. So, like, every year they're coming out with a brand new Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, so it's like a matter. How, how do they get the names of these things? Like, wh- why all, can't you just go, like, a number because, system? I mean, I, I don't know. What's they, wrong with that? When it comes to naming things fancy, <laughs> Japan's, like, on top of it all the way. 
Um, <laughs> I know Final Fantasy 17, and then they do this and that. I can't keep up with it anymore. Well, here, here, here. But the, <laughs> let me let me just go through like a quick list of the early uh, DDR games, just to give you an idea of like what <laughs> what they came up with for these just, just to raise Nick's blood pressure a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, more. Dance Dance go. Revolution, <laughs> Dance Dance Revolution Second Mix, uh, Dance Dance Revolution Best of Cool Dancers. Um, <laughs> Dancing stage featuring True Kiss Destination. Uh, <laughs> dancing stage featuring Dreams Come True. Uh, let's see. Dance Dance Revolution Kids. Eh? Uh, okay. All right. Supernova. Supernova 2. Revolution X. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. X having nothing to do with 10, of course. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd make too much sense. No, they went the they went the iPhone method. For <laughs> Windows. Yeah. Oh God. It's it's so funny just because like this idea that I have of Dance Dance Revolution being this incredibly ridiculous uh arcade game, which it like it is, it absolutely is, mm-hmm. was such a staple during that time. Like it, oh yeah, like it penetrated even into like pop culture through movies and shit like that. And God, it's so funny just to think back on it. Just think like how ridiculous was this? Like just going to an arcade and seeing legitimate crowds crowding around a Dance Dance Revolution machine to watch. You ever see that happen? Oh, I, I, yes, I have. <laughs> it okay. happened all the time at Jillian's. I just I just don't go outside, so there's that. No, you're so, an inside kind of player. So <laughs> Jillian's was special because that's where every kid wanted to go for their birthday. Uh, yeah, at oh. least in my friend group, and so we would actually end up going there like eight to fifteen, like somewhere between eight and fifteen times a year over the course of like five years, um, and we would always go from from the bowling alley eating their cheap ass pizza. Drinking, drinking Coke out of a pitcher uh, to Dude, the arcade. <laughs> and it, it, there always, always was a crowd around the DDR machine and just one or two kids just going ham on it. Just watching or were they trying to like get in on the action? No, like these two kids would like would be the ones doing the action and it would be incredible to watch. Hmm. Just seeing them doing their little tippity taps on their feet so just going nutso. <laughs> Going absolutely, and then I approach. going absolutely bonkers. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, at this point, like I don't, I don't really have anything specific I wanted to talk about with DDR. It's just I just wanted to reminisce on it and just think oh, about how we have crazy it was and how stupid <laughs> it was great, and how it opened uh, the doors to a bunch of other awesome rhythm games that we're yeah. thankful for. Now, now I have Parappa Rapper to play. Man, this has been a really but, productive. Yes, podcast. but that, that's that's honestly that's the big takeaway from all this is we give all thanks for all rhythm games to Parappa the Rapper. Thank you, Parappa, our Lord and Savior. When we come back from this short promotional break, I will unleash our guest stars from the holding cell for which I've had them the past week. Uh, And we're going to have some (laughs) nobody's back to do a quick this for us. So we'll be right back. And we are back, joined once again 
by our our friends in podcasting, some nobodies, Zach and Dylan. Welcome back to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us again. Yeah, thank you guys for coming back on. Um, it is to my understanding that you guys have a quick this for us this week that uh, we kind of touched on in your guys' episode, but um, I feel we could delve deeper into, especially the kind of lore that you guys have built. Um, but you guys can go ahead and take it away. Uh, Dylan, do you want me to start? Uh, yeah, you start, and I'll, uh, I'll spin off. Okay, so it was early in January of 2019 when we got our first Instagram message from someone named Simon Vanderbland, and that gentleman was kind of, uh, reaching out to different people on Facebook and, and Instagram, kind of having, uh, wanting to shed some light on what he found to be a true crime scenario of, uh, some terrible uh, displays of uh, mishumanity that was uh, going over into some business called Silicon Angels. And what Silicon Angels is, it turns out that it is a company that manufactures sex robots. Um, and uh, through a couple different phone calls, you find out that A, these robots don't work very well. B, they have probably ulterior motives. And uh, C, <laughs> sometimes you just got to turn them off and back on again to make them work properly. Uh, no, no, in, in all seriousness, um, yeah, Silicon Angels is, is a very, uh, it's a show that we're very, very proud of. Uh, Dylan and I worked pretty hard, uh, not as hard as some other people that we have on our, on our team, but, um, we definitely wanted to make sure that people knew that Silicon Angels was out there and available. And something that Dylan and I wanted to do is just start creating more audio dramas and not just another uh, podcast where a couple dudes talk about how much they love Star Wars. Or uh, We have so many of those already. There's a lot of those. <laughs> and, and we love slash hate Star Wars equally like everybody else. It's just there's so many of those out there. And because right. we, we don't really know how to make movies, we decided to make a bunch of weird audio dramas that we're calling podcasts and uh, Silicon Angels is one of them. Uh, Dylan, I guess you could take it over from here. Yeah, let me ask you a whole bunch of rhetorical questions in sequence as a bit. My favorite. Do you All like, right. Yeah, do you like fake commercials? Yeah. Do you like the idea that a oh. bunch of tech support people have to deal with their own life in addition to resolving obscure, bizarre technical problems? <laughs> do you like, potentially, murder? Do you like murder caused by robots? Do you like genetic tampering? Do you like animal hybrids? Do, do you like twisting a format and justifying a specific way to tell a story? Do you like frat parties worrying about spilling beer on their sex robot at their end of year party? Do you like do you sounds? Like, do you like sounds? We have. Do you them. like Do you like putting things in your ears that are vibrations? Because if yes. so, uh -huh. yeah. Do we have the vibrations for you? Do you like divorcing couple a divorcing couple arguing over who gets to keep their sex robot? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Dude, that, that, Did you guys a, do that's like a great couple? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good bit. Did uh, you guys do like a King Solomon episode? Kind of. Like uh, yeah, that's. I, I think that's. We, yeah, I think that's kind of how that one turned yeah. out. Yeah, we do have this. Yeah. Kiss. Yeah, there's one um, reoccurring. Uh, is this couple, and they were initially calling uh, really just to figure out who's going to take charge of this thing and then a couple calls later uh, their lawyer is involved and their lawyer is trying to figure out who is really legally going to take care of this thing and I think ultimately the lawyer figured out a way to keep it for themselves I think that's how the, that's how that storyline went yeah uh, yeah Silicon Angels is a, is a very weird thing and the, the, the jokes we wanted to talk about were it started out as 
guys are messing with these robots, <laughs> you know, and parts of these robots have to break. So, yeah, we really dove into that. And, and um, I think like we said on our last episode that it started out with just a couple IT ideas of what would happen when these sex robots would just start malfunctioning. And then by like episode six, we realized that, you know, uh, this guy Simon, quote unquote, uh, un- uncovered this big organizational plan to sell these robots to the military. Some of these robots have their own, you know, mental space and do not want to be owned. Um, some of them are just going crazy and and just wrecking havoc on some of these communities. And uh, yeah, so each episode we go through about four different uh, tech calls as well as a fake uh, commercial that is also built into the the, the futuristic storyline and, and weaving in and out the, the plot itself but um yeah it's it's a radical tale of, of intrigue and and uh, power supply <laughs> power supply in multiple ways <laughs> there's some um, there's something like 75 characters in this thing like wow the amount of ground we covered on this first season is like every call is unique. They have new characters for most of them. There are some recurring ones, but for the most part, we had a bunch of throwaway characters, and they're all they're all uniquely voiced by our by our voice actors. Like they turned in a fantastic job across the board. All the, you know, a lot of it was improv on the spot with a framework script. Uh, it's just a uh, you know, if I say so myself, it's a really great piece of work. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think one of the cool things about it is that we build in this kind of bureaucratic uh, like hierarchy. So as you're dealing with these IT calls, you know that behind the IT people is a manager, and throughout the season, you start hearing the manager reviewing the IT people, and you know, and you start picking up clues that maybe some of the IT people are also robots. Who knows? You know, who, what's going on there? So um, yeah, it, it it definitely takes a lot of weird twists and turns. Uh, there is aggressive humor put into it um but uh one of the things that dylan and i uh take a lot of pride in is uh our our intelligence when it comes to our humor we don't take a lot of very uh stupid or low-hanging fruit jokes we try to make sure that we are being very inclusive that we're being intelligent with our humor and it's not just like hey let's make fun and bully this thing no let's actually get into like the psyche of why this is actually funny and not just uh, let's laugh at this guy because he has a, a, a crop top shirt or whatever the joke is that somebody would make. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think with with our storytelling, it it's a unique comedy style. I think, and I, I'm very proud of it. That's really awesome. Uh, just as a closer question, at any point, do they utter the words "try soaking it in rice"? Um, well, one guy actually, I think he soaked his robot in cashew milk, I believe. And that was, it was hot tub night. Yeah. In, in his hot tub night. Yeah. He used, uh, like, uh, either almond milk or cashew milk and something very, very bad happened. Um, so we, yeah, the, the, the earlier models, we don't suggest soaking them in anything. They don't like that very much. Right. <laughs> They're not <You> guys- organized. Yeah. <laughs> You guys can check out uh, uh, Silicon Angels or Silicon Angels, whichever part of the country you're from. Um, you guys can check it out pretty much anywhere podcasts are available, right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. You go to Google, you go to Deezer, you go to TuneIn, you go to Pod Shares, you do to Podbean, you go to Cast Boxes, you go to uh, Pod Shares, you go to uh, your, your, your friend's RV that happens to play something, and you type in Silicon Angels, and it's there. And if you can't find your it, friend's... 
Your friend's secondhand fillings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your grandmother's Zoom, for some reason, she has from four years ago. Uh, most likely our stuff's on there as well. Oh, yeah. Actually, did we, we did put a bunch of episodes on USB drives and leave them all over uh, Colorado, too, trying to hit that, uh, yeah, that extra bit of, like, what is this thing? <laughs> Maybe we'll do that here That's in a good Cincinnati, idea. where, where we're trying to steal it. Out to. Just... <laughs> No, just throw a bunch of silicone angels because if people find them, oh, there you go. Can you imagine just the confusion of it? Yeah, that'd like... be incredible. Uh, I listen to it on Spotify if that's where, because uh, I know that's where a lot of our listeners come from. So you guys can also check it out there. But we'll link it in the uh, in the show notes. Oh yeah, definitely mm-hmm. on Spotify. Um, yeah. But yeah, you guys have great voices. So since we're going more remote, if you guys have any interest in being uh, actors, voice actors for some of our upcoming stuff, we would love to to get your voices on on our shows. Oh yeah, yeah 100%. for sure. I I would love to hit us part up, of Silicon Angels, by all means. Uh, <laughs> but thank you guys for for coming back onto our our little show here where we get together and talk about entertainment. We really appreciate it. Um, and as always, uh, we'll talk to you guys next Friday. Thank you for listening. Thank See you. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This episode of Entertain This was written by Michael Savoya, with additional commentary from Alex Steele and Nick Mustakangas. Our theme music is Rushable by Aaron Spencer, with additional music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening. <laughs>